0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Tax Smart REI podcast. Today, Brendan and I are going to discuss what tax forms you should review now that tax season is over. There's some important forms that sometimes get overlooked, and you want to make sure that you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's when you get first get the tax return back to make sure that you're not missing out on any potential tax savings or potentially causing yourself tax problems in the future. So we're going to dive into that in just one moment after a quick word from Landlord Studio. If you're a do-it-yourself landlord managing rental properties, Landlord Studio is made for you. The software helps landlords simplify income and expense tracking. With their easy-to-use app, you can digitize receipts, record income and expenses in real time, generate reports, and even manage leases and tenants. Plus, Landlord Studio makes late rental payments and bank visits a problem of the past with secure online rent collection. Get the rent paid directly to your bank account, and you can even automate rent reminder emails and late payment fees. Landlord Studio is also the best way to stay tax compliant. They offer a range of financial reports, including Schedule E and supplier expense reports designed for tax time. You can learn more about Landlord Studio and start your 14-day free trial at LandlordStudio.com CPA and use the coupon code REALESTATECPA at checkout to get 25% off your plan. Again, that's LandlordStudio.com CPA and use the code REALESTATECPA to get 25% off your plan today.
1: And we're back. Okay. Let's start with form eight five eight two. And actually, before I even jump into this, I want to really strongly encourage you to come join our free Facebook group, Tax Smart Real Estate Investors. You can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash tax smart investors. In that group, we're talking about all of this stuff right now. So if you're listening to this podcast today and some of this stuff's going over your head. Go join that group because we've got a lot of good education in there. We have examples and we have people asking questions, other real estate investors asking questions. We have 10,000 members now, Tom. It's amazing. So come be part of the party. Don't miss out. But form 8582, that's the number one tax form that you need to review every single year. That is the form that consolidates your passive activities together. It's also the form that confirms that Passive income from one activity can offset passive losses from another activity, which seems to continuously be an issue with CPAs for some reason, or not just CPAs, but tax advisors and preparers. Um, And that is also backed up by section 469. So you can go to section 469 and see that all passive activity, income and losses net out together. And then you get that confirmation whenever you prepare form eight, five, eight, two, because section one basically says, give me all of your rental real estate income or losses. Section two says, give me all of your other passive activity income or losses. And then line three says, net them all together, pretty straightforward stuff, but you need to review form eight, five, eight, two every single year. It's the most important form because one, you want to make sure that that netting effect is happening. If I invest hundred thousand dollars into a syndication and I receive an $80,000 passive loss, that should go on line two, other passive activities, and should be a negative $80,000. But if I also have gain from the sale of a rental activity, I'm going to report that gain on form 4797, but that gain is going to flow to form 8582. Specifically, line one. So line three will then net them out, meaning that I can use my $80,000 of syndication losses to offset the gain on sale of rental activities. Okay, So so you can use passive losses to offset passive income. Really important to understand. So go to form 8582 every single year to make sure that that netting effect is actually happening. The other reason I want you to, to watch form 8582 or look at it every single year is you need to know how much you're carrying forward in terms of suspended passive losses. The reason for that is kind of like this example that I just gave. Let's say in 2021, I invested in a syndication. I've got an $80,000 loss. I had no other passive income. So this $80,000 loss was suspended and carried forward. Form 8582 will tell me that I've got $80,000 that has been suspended and carried forward. So now we're in 2022, And I may be looking to pull the trigger on the sale of one of my rentals in my portfolio. And maybe I have a $100,000 gain. And if I forget about this $80,000 loss, then I'm going to default to doing a 1031 exchange. But if I recall, if I did a good job looking at form 8582 every single year, I know that I have $80,000 in suspended losses that are being carried forward. And so I know that I'm only going to have a net 20K gain when I sell my rental property for a 100K total gain because the 80K can offset the gain. So I'm left with $20,000 of gain. And maybe I decide not to 1031 exchange that at that point, I'll just pay the taxes, move on with my life and not worry about the headaches that come with the 1031 exchange. Not to say that you shouldn't 1031 exchange. It's always great, but You don't have to all the time. And it comes with a lot of admin headaches. So tracking form 8582 every single year, knowing that number every single year will give you flexibility in managing your portfolio for the upcoming year. So what I would recommend that you do is create a spreadsheet that you log important information on every single year. And Form 8582, the loss, the suspended loss, needs to be logged every single year on this important information spreadsheet. And you can have other stuff on the spreadsheet too, but make sure that you're tracking that Form 8582 loss every single year. Last reason you need to look at it every year, or I guess especially in years where you switch CPAs, is your new CPA sometimes forgets to carry forward losses and i mean hey we've even seen this mistake done at our firm we're not perfect but the reason for this like you could have you could have the best cpa in the world but the reason for this is if you're getting your return done in february early march cool but if you're getting these returns delivered to you end of march mid april we're also doing a lot of other returns at that point, right? So we try to maintain, we try to implement systems and processes that will ensure high quality output. But the reality is, is that when you're slinging tax returns all day long, it's going to wear you down as a preparer. It's going to wear you down as a reviewer. Even if you have a third party coming in and checking over people's shoulders, which we do here at our firm, and it's worked out swimmingly well, uh, at least it's reduced our error rate significantly. You have this third party that's not even involved and they come in and start checking things. That person can even get worn down too during the height of tax season. So you need to run a final check, especially when you switch CPA firms, because you want to make sure that your new CPA firm has successfully carried forward all prior suspended passive losses. So that new CPA firm... It's a manual process. I have to go back to your prior returns, look at form 8582 and the worksheets that come with it. They're always worksheets attached to form 8582. And I'm going to go to worksheet, I believe it's six. I'm going to list out in my software... The unallowed loss, the suspended passive loss that is allocated to each one of your activities, but I have to do that in my software, I have to do it manually. So the fact that it's a manual process, you don't see it missed often, but the fact that it's a manual process means that you need to be checking this. We did have a client on board, I believe it was uh, mid 2021. And uh, we we're looking at their portfolio is an expansive portfolio. It was generating losses And the total suspended losses didn't make sense. They seemed too low. So we start requesting all these prior returns. And we realized that back in 2011, the new CPA screwed up, uh, didn't carry forward the losses. And they switched CPAs in like 2014, 2015. And that CPA carried forward losses, but they then weren't carrying forward the 2010 losses. It was just the losses that had accumulated between 2011 and 2014. So the new CPA carries those losses forward. And we get it and we're like, wait, this seems low. And we realized about $300,000 of losses just went poof because the CPA in 2011, uh, and, and I shouldn't say it's CPA. I don't, I don't actually know if it was a CPA. It might have just been an EA or just a tax preparer. But the tax preparer in 2011 forgot to carry forward the suspended losses and just made three hundred K disappear. So if you were checking that every year, you would have seen that right? So look at form eighty five eighty two every single year, seriously, put it in your calendar. Don't neglect it because you will get to the point at some later point when you're trying to liquidate your portfolio and you're going to be scratching your head, wondering why you're paying so much in tax, wondering why you never got the benefit of real estate that everybody talks so much about. You, f- you feel like it's extremely expensive. Well, if that's you. There could be the case of missing suspended losses from prior years. And if you're listening to this right now, why don't you just go ahead right now and pull up the prior 10 tax returns that you have and make sure all those suspended losses are carried forward. It's a 30 minute exercise. So do yourself a favor, grab a glass of wine. I always like, you know, looking at numbers when I'm drinking some wine, (laughs) um, go, go go back and, and look at those prior 10 tax returns. Make sure that your form 8582 ties out year to year.
0: Yeah. And you're going to want to do this each and every year because what's going to end up happening is like Brandon saying, if you don't do this, then you might end up 10 years from now, for example. And now you have to try to go back and piece everything together. Good luck. Good luck. So the next form you're going to want to check out and you're going to review every year is your schedule E and schedule E is where your rental income and expenses are reported. And in some cases we see errors where there's expenses that are not reported. And if you're not reporting all your expenses, you're missing out on the opportunity to a reduce your taxable rental income and b generate losses that could be suspended and carried forward or used in that current year to help reduce taxes on your other rental activities or other passive activities. So So things you want to make sure that are done is you're going to want to make sure your insurance is captured. I think it's like the number one expense we see missing. Uh, You're going to make sure your property taxes are covered. Your mortgage interest is on there. Any repairs and maintenance costs are on there. HOA fees, supplies, any expenses that are related to your rental properties. You're going to want to make sure they show up on Schedule E. In that year, because again, you're going to miss out on deductions and miss out on potential tax savings if you don't. So, nothing too complicated there. You're just going to review it and make sure that it matches your PL or at least correlates to the PL you have uh, and make sure you're capturing all your expenses. That simple. Schedule E, very important to review as well.
1: And on that note, just get a good bookkeeping service, seriously, because it's just going to make your life so much easier when it comes to tax time. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can do my own bookkeeping and I don't want to spend the few hundred dollars a month that it's going to cost to outsource this. And my properties aren't going to cash flow as well and yada, yada. But the reality is, is that it's going to save you time, even if it's going to save you just two hours a month get the bookkeeping service because what it really saves you is at the end of the year, you're bookkeeping primarily for the tax return, right? You want to make that process super easy. The cleaner books you have, the easier that that process is going to be for you. The less questions the CPA is going to have for you. You might find yourself when, when you have a really good bookkeeping service, not having to really answer any questions related to your tax return. You might find yourself receiving your tax return into February and not right up against the deadline. So, It's always interesting to me, especially in this Facebook group that we have, seeing people, you know, complain about the the quality of service that they got from their tax preparer and advisor, which, you know, I agree, there's a lot of the bad services out there, but then you start asking them questions and they do their own bookkeeping. Look, at a certain point, you scale out of doing it yourself. You've got to start offloading this stuff. And I, and yes, I have a vested interest in telling you to offload your bookkeeping. But no, probably not to us. We're increasing our prices relatively drastically. So you need to offload what you can so that you can focus on the highest value tasks right. for you. And that's not going to be bookkeeping. We can focus on bookkeeping because we're really darn good at it. We have systems built out and we, we build in efficiencies, right? but you sitting down once a month or probably more realistically, once every six months or once a year to try to piece everything together is not helping you. It's a waste of your time. And those bad financials are living rent-free in your head for however much time, right? So just get a bookkeeper, work with them on building a system that works for you. How often do you want to be asked about transactions? Do you want to be texted, emailed, called? Do you just want them to guess? But uh, you know, it's a collaborative effort, but it'll help you learn how to build a team, scale a team, and focus on the things that are most important, which is finding the next deal and optimizing rents. That's where you need to be spending your time.
0: For sure. And plus, you know, bookkeeping on top of that, there's no value add. You're not adding value to your business. I guess clarity is one way to look at it, but you're not growing your business by doing your bookkeeping, right? You're not going out and you're not finding the next deal. You're not financing the next deal. You're not adding value to your business. It's like, just to draw a quick little comparison, I have to dissolve an LLC today. I have to dissolve one one of the LLCs I have it's not adding any value to my life or any value to any of the businesses that I'm involved in or any type of activities that's making me money. It's a simple compliance test that I have to do. And it's a pain in the butt, for lack of a better word. And uh, it's the same thing with bookkeeping. You wanna get that off your plate. Fortunately, I'm not gonna outsource the, the solution to my LLC, but you can outsource your bookkeeping.
1: And, and a little bit later on this year, and, and you're right, I, I think that the the value that the bookkeeping brings like when you hire a firm, right? So if you hired our firm, we would do something we call transactional services. And that is kind of that standard bookkeeping arrangement where we're going to do your books on a monthly basis. We're going to give you a video walkthrough of your financials and then we're going to move on. But you've got financials that make sense. You have a balance sheet that makes sense. A lot of people just do the bookkeeping for the P&L when they're doing it themselves. And they don't have a balance sheet. Well, when you go get your tax return prepared, guess what we need? We need a balance sheet. So it just makes life extremely difficult for you or just more stressful than it needs to be in the early part of the year. So bookkeeping at the very basic transactional level saves you time, right? Because you don't have to do it anymore. And it's not gonna save you money. I mean, it's gonna cost money, right? And your rentals are cash flow, and you're trying to make money and I get it. But the reality is, is that if, if it's out of your mind and you know you've got somebody looking at it, then you can focus on other things that are more important to you. You can focus on the next deal. You can focus on the repairs and the rehab that have to go on. You can focus on optimizing friends or you can just focus on family time because you know your portfolio is covered, right? That mindset, it just goes so much further than, oh man, I have to do this bookkeeping task that I hate doing every single month. And I'm speaking from experience here. I've got a portfolio of 24 units at this point, 25 units at this point. And I'm doing all my own bookkeeping. And I'm sitting here like, I need to take my own advice because I'm the guy that sits there for six months and doesn't do anything and then goes, ah, oh, man, it's really stacking up. I need to do the bookkeeping here. And it just lives rent-free in my head. But what we're doing a little bit later on this year at our firm is we're rolling out uh, some higher level CFO services that's gonna include some FP&A, financial planning and analysis. So the value, I think, from this transactional level bookkeeping that you get is time savings. It's out of your mind and and you can be on to better things. So it's saving on the opportunity cost of what you could be spending your time on. That's where the value is for the transactional stuff. But this FP&A stuff that I think can drive a lot of value. So you can kind of look at your portfolio and and have somebody, this outsourced person, what we'll call them an outsourced CFO, have them kind of game plan with you on look across your portfolio and make recommendations on how to be more profitable. That, that's a service we're rolling out later this year, probably November, December.
0: Yeah. So the last one we're going to talk about today is form 4562. And it's depreciation and amortization It's where you're going to find the breakdown of depreciation for the various assets that you're holding, including real estate.
1: Yeah. And and so anytime that you place new property into service, you have to report it on form 4562. You just report the improvement value and then you also report whatever you're amortizing, like loan costs. And then those numbers are going to flow to the schedule E. So that's how you're getting the depreciation on schedule E per activity. You should have a form 4562 per rental activity. So if I've got five rentals that are all placed in services here, I'm going to have uh, five form forty five sixty twos, but more importantly, how we calculate what we put on form forty five sixty two is broken down in a worksheet, and that worksheet is the depreciation worksheet. I think it's sometimes called like the federal asset schedule. Kind of depends on what software you're using, but it's a, it is a worksheet. It's it's in landscape view, so it's like you turn the page sideways, uh, and it lists all of the pieces of your real estate. So it's going to say building land, loan costs, five-year property, seven-year property, 15-year property, windows, doors, whatever repairs you're making that you're capitalizing. So all of that's gonna be listed on this federal asset worksheet. This is only for capitalized assets. If I wrote something off as a repair, it's not gonna show up on this worksheet. But what I want everybody here to do is to go look at your tax returns and make sure that you have that worksheet in your tax returns. Uh, So if you've got a PDF, you can probably control F, uh, find or search the document for federal asset schedule or depreciation listing, something like that. And like I said, it's landscape view and it lists out all the assets that that have been reported in your tax return. Really important to understand because you want to make sure that there is an allocation to land it is incorrect to book the entire purchase price to building and start depreciating it. If I buy a $100,000 home, I cannot depreciate $100,000. I have to depreciate maybe 85 or $90,000 because I have to make a land allocation from my purchase price. So this depreciation detail listing will show you what that allocation looks like. But it also ensures that your rehab, anything else that you did, your cost seg studies are all properly accounted for as well. So I would 100% make sure that you review that every year that you put a new property into service in any year that you do some sort of major rehab. You want to make sure that you're reviewing it. And they should all say, you know, 27 and a half year depreciation timeline. 39 years if you're buying commercial property or short-term rentals. Uh, and this worksheet will also show you which assets have been bonus depreciated. So really important. A lot of information on this worksheet, like everything that we teach kind of gets consolidated on this worksheet and form 8582. I mean, that's the bulk of it. So go go get that worksheet. If you don't have it in your tax return, so we we include it in all of our clients. Uh, so if you're a client listening to this and you look at your tax return, and you're like, wait, I don't have it. That's a mistake because we have a default print option that, includes everything. So please reach out to us. But some, some tax preparers do not include this worksheet. It's not required to be included. They don't include this worksheet in your PDF printout. So if you pull your tax returns up and you're going through it and you don't see this federal depreciation listing, this landscape view that shows all of my assets, then you need to reach out to your preparer to get one. The reason that they don't include it, there's two reasons that they don't include it. The first reason is they just don't realize that they should be including it you know, I believe that transparency is good. So we like to include that type of information for our clients. It could be information overload, but we try to do a lot of the education on here's how to look at this stuff, right? So that it's not information overload. So they may just not even realize that that's a good thing to do to include it. Or the second option, the the second reason why they don't include it is because they want to know when you are quitting their firm, (laughs) because if you quit their firm and you go to a new firm, guess what the new firm needs to appropriately book everything as a first year entry in the new firm software. The new firm needs that depreciation detail listing that worksheet, because that's going to include all of the original basis. It's going to include any bonus depreciation. It's going to include all accumulated depreciation. If I don't have that worksheet, if I can't get that worksheet from your prior preparer, then we're just making things up on your tax return. And that's no good. Uh, So just realize that though, like if you are, If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't want to switch preparers, but you realize they didn't include that detail listing, just reach out to them and say, Hey, I listened to a podcast. They told me to review this. I'm not leaving you. Don't worry. Can you send this over to me? And they'll probably send that over to you relatively quickly. But that is a trigger that I see discussed in the CPA tax space of, Oh, I don't include it because I want to know when they're leaving me, which I think so is just you know, yeah, so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it just adds a lot of admin work for everybody. And yeah. Yeah. It just makes the client feel like they, uh, they they had the rug pulled out from
0: under them for whatever it's, it's weird, it's a, it's a but, but it practice. happens. It, has, it happens. It's a normal practice. So. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about this type of stuff, again, join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash tax investors. We'll be actually running an, our next boot camp on uh, kicking off June 6th, where we break a lot of this stuff down and we have live Q&A sessions where you can join live Q&As, get your answers to your, to your tax related questions. So if you want to learn more about that, uh, we'll be posting details about that in the Facebook group. If you're listening to this, it's actually going to drop today in the Facebook group. So go ahead and join Again, facebook.com slash group slash tax smart investors. We'll see you there and we'll see you on the next episode of tax smart investors. And that's all for today.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at realestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.